Section 21 of Hinduism and Buddhism in Historical Sketch, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashang Jakmula. Hinduism and Buddhism in Historical Sketch, Volume 1 by Charles Eliot. Public Worship and Ceremonial. In no point does Hinduism differ from Western religions more than in its public worship, and, in spite of much that is striking and interesting, the comparison is not to the advantage of India. It is true that temple worship is not so important for the Hindus as church services are for the Christian. They set more store on home ceremonies and on contemplation. Still, the temples of India are so numerous, so conspicuous, and so crowded that the religion which maintains them must to some extent be judged by them. At any rate, they avoid the faults of public worship in the West. The practice of arranging the congregation in seats for which they pay seems to me more irreligious and the slovenliness of the heathen and makes the whole performance resemble a very dull concert. Protestant services are in the main modelled on the same ritual of synagogue. Their meetings of the laity at which the scriptures are read, prayers offered, sermons preached, and benedictions pronounced. The clergy plays a principal but not exclusive part. The rites of the Roman and Eastern churches have borrowed much from pagan ceremonial, but still they have not wholly departed from the traditions of the synagogue. They have also served as a model for Mohammedan ritual which differs from the Jewish in little but its almost military regularity. But with all this, the ordinary ritual of Hindu temples has nothing in common. Footnote 79 But there are other kinds of worship, such as the old Vedic sacrifices which are still occasionally performed and the burnt offerings, Homa, still made in some temples. There are also the tantric ceremonies, and in Assam, the public worship of the Vishnuites has probably been influenced by the ritual of lamas in neighboring Buddhist countries. End footnote. It derives from other origin and follows other lines. The temple is regarded as the court of a prince, and the daily ceremonies are the attendants of his courtiers on him. He must be awakened, fed, amused, and finally put to bed. This conception of ritual prevailed in Egypt, but in India there is no trace of it in Vedic literature and perhaps it did not come into fashion until Gupta times. Although the laity may be present and salute the god, such worship cannot be called congregational. Yet in other ways a Hindu temple may provide as much proper worship as a nonconformist chapel. In the corridors will generally be found readers surrounded by an attentive crowd to whom they recite and expound the Mahabharata or some other sacred text. At festivals and times of pilgrimage, the precincts are thronged by a crowd of worshippers, the like of which is hardly to be seen in Europe, worshippers not only devout, but fired with enthusiasm which bursts into a mighty chorus of welcome when the image of the god is brought forth from the inner shrine. The earlier forms of Buddhist ceremonial are of synagogue type, though in no way derived from Jewish sources, for though there is no prayer, they consist chiefly of confession, preaching, and reading the scriptures. But this puritanic severity could not be popular, and the veneration of images and relics was soon added to the ritual. The former was adopted by Buddhism earlier than by Brahmins. The latter, 
though a conspicuous feature of Buddhism in all lands, is almost unknown to Hinduism. In their later developments, Buddhists and Christian ceremonies show an extraordinary resemblance due, in my opinion, chiefly to convergence, though I do not entirely exclude mutual influence. Both Buddhism and Roman Catholicism accepted pagan ritual with some reservations and refinements. The worship has for its object an image or a shrine containing a relic which is placed in a conspicuous position at the end of the hall of worship. Footnote 80. This position is of great importance as tending to produce a similar arrangement of religious paraphernalia. The similarity disappears when Buddhist ceremonies are performed round stupas out of doors. End footnote. Animal sacrifices are rejected, but offerings of flowers, lights, and incense are permitted, as well as the singing of hymns. It is not altogether strange if Buddhist and Catholic rituals starting from the same elements ended by producing similar scenic effects. Yet, though the scenic effect may be similar, there is often a difference in the nature of the rite. Direct invocations are not wanting in Tibetan and Far Eastern Buddhism, but many services consist not of prayers but of the recitation of scripture by which merit is required. This merit is then formally transferred by the officiants to some special object such as the peace of the dead or the prosperity of a living suppliant. The later phases of both Hinduism and Buddhism are permeated by what is called Tantrism, that is to say the endeavor to attain spiritual ends by ritual acts such as gestures and the repetition of formulae. Footnote 81. As explained elsewhere, I draw a distinction between Tantrism and Shaktism. End footnote. These expedients are dangerous and may become puerile, but those who ridicule them often forget that they may be termed sacramental with as much propriety as magical and are in fact based on the same theory as the sacraments of the Catholic Church. When a child is made eligible for salvation by sprinkling with water, by the sign of the cross and by the mantra, in the name of the Father, etc., or when the divine spirit is localized in bread and wine and worshipped, these rites are closely analogous to tantric ceremonial. The Buddhist temple of the Far East are in original intention copies of Indian edifices and in the larger establishments there is a daily routine of services performed by resident monks. But the management of religious foundation in these countries has been much influenced by old pagan usages as to temples and worship which show an interesting resemblance to the customs of classical antiquity but have little in common with Buddhist or Christian ideas. A Chinese municipal temple is a public building dedicated to a spirit of departed worthy. If sacrifices are offered in it, they are not likely to take place more than three or four times a year. Private persons may go there to obtain luck by burning a little incense or still more frequently to meet the divine future. Public meetings and theatrical performances may be held there, but anything like a congregational service is rare. Just so in ancient Rome, a temple might be used for a meeting of the Senate or for funeral games. End of section 21